I love Cinnamon Kim bitch because she gets irritated. Whatever irritates Kim, I like Too to do. funny, mama. <laughs> so <laughs> that I was Hi everyone, welcome to Two Funny Mamas. I'm Kim Whitley and the other Two Funny Mamas not with us today, Sherry Shepard. Welcome to a very special edition of Two Funny Mamas. We are talking mental health today in our children. As you know, Sherry has a son and I have a son, so this is very important to us. We are talking mental health, so we are partnering with Sound It Out to help with this campaign. The National Sounded Out campaign uses the power of music to help parents and caregivers have meaningful conversations with their middle schoolers about their emotional well-being. Now, it was created by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. With them, we wanted to have a special conversation with our Two Funny Mamas audience about addressing mental health in our children. And I want to thank everybody for sending in their questions. Now, this topic, of course, is very dear to me as a mom and of course to uh sherry so i have brought along some special guests which you will meet later on but first i want to play a quick video from our friends over at sound it out all right chris roll that video hey boss okay said i'm fine Hey, son. Hey, Bob. You know you can talk to me. Yeah. Wasn't that fantastic? Yes, it was. Okay. So we are now going to bring out, I say we, okay, it's only me here on the screen, but I am going to bring out a very special friend of mine who I've recently gotten really close to because we are on a hit TV show called Actor Age on Bounce TV, but you know her from Martin. She has another show, of course, out called Uncoupled. Uh, she is funny. She's a dancer. She's a singer. She is a quadruple threat. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds important. And she's a mom. Please welcome the two funny mamas, our girl, me and Sherry's girl, Tisha Campbell. Welcome to the oh show, my girl. God, that was a fantastic intro. Because <laughs> you my girl. <laughs> That's right, damn it. Oh, I love it. How are you doing, girl? Uh, is this yeah, your first happy time? happy to be here. This is, is my first time. time. Yep. On, this on is my Tuesday first time. Now. I'm excited. Yes, this is my first time. Sherry has never invited. I probably invited you and you probably were too busy. <laughs> never invited me. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show. You know, we you. usually act the fool on Two Funny Mamas. Right. But to, today, you know, you got a kid. You got two kids, two boys. And yeah. Um, yeah and, you know, mental health is uh, important. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I know that uh, I would just like to know what challenges i'm just throwing you right in the conversation what challenges hey. i know do you you ain't gonna warm me up i mean a little can no we ain't got time I, I, I got two other people that right we got an expert we got the mocha mom we got people okay, okay. On. so but that's all right for you. me and so you talk the about question? this what's the question okay what's the question i would say with your two boys 
Yeah. Is it, can you talk to them about their emotions and feelings and what's going on in their life? That's a very good question. Let me tell you why, because it's really hard, especially with African-American young men um, talking mm -hmm. about mental health, especially with my eldest, because he was on the spectrum of mm -hmm. autism, right? And so I did everything that I could to make him as independent of me as possible. And he's doing a fantastic job. Unfortunately, there was a family member who used um, therapy as a weapon. So what I mean by that is they would say, oh, you need help. Oh, you need therapy. Oh, you." so he has an aversion to getting help. And it's me talking to him all the time about how, how his feelings out, how important it is to talk to somebody outside of a family member, somebody that does it right now. He's been obsessed with AJ Johnson because she's a life coach. And I'm like, you, you, you got Auntie AJ, but you also need somebody that you could talk to because she's a busy lady. You need somebody who you can talk to. And it's been really hard with my oldest, um, who has always been in some type of, you know, therapy for, you know, his challenges. And now he's just anti. So it's, it's, it's a lot of talking that I have to do with him a lot. And you, do you find that difficult or, or just one? Yes, yeah. very difficult because you yeah. don't want to force them. Got you it. don't want to force them and you don't want it to, you know, being that it was used as a weapon before you don't want that to, um, to, you don't want it to come across like you're using it. Like there's something wrong with him. And I'm like, dude, there's something wrong with all of us. Mommy is in therapy. Okay. Mommy, mommy can't survive without therapy. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I was the last person to, to try to get it because I was so busy helping everybody else, you know? Okay. I mean? But when it comes to our kids, like my son, my youngest son, I have the greatest school that I'm working with. His school is so fantastic, but my youngest son has somebody that's in-house they have the school therapist. So whenever he has a problem, he runs straight to him, which is great. Oh. And he also oh, has somebody no. outside of it, yeah, to talk to. Well, then but we it's definitely important. Gotta, yeah, we're going to talk off air because I'm going to need you to help me with Joshua. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm looking for a school uh, with him. But, you know, I want to I want to bring in someone else that, you know, we can talk to uh, to join our, our mom chat. Uh, she is from Mocha Moms, which is an awesome organization that represents black and brown moms from across the country. Uh, Tisha, I was you a are, Mocha Mom. There you go. So you know how important it is uh, to Mocha Mom. You can you can you know talk about that uh, when you were raising your 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 sons. Uh, you said Mocha Moms helped you. Let me tell you something. Those mothers got together with me. I had just gotten the diagnosis of autism for my eldest. And um, they were the most supportive. I, you know, it does take a village. And it's wonderful when you have that kind of, I had just joined, um, there was a big walk for autism. They rented a bus. We all drove that bus to the walk and walked together. They all wore 
um, walking for Zen t-shirts. Like I, I felt very, very supported in a, um, in a group like that. And it, it was just amazing. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It was amazing. Well, so I love know, the Mocha Absolutely. Then let's uh, bring in the National Director of Public Policy and Advocacy for Mocha Moms, Inc. Please welcome the two funny mamas, Denye Iker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. I oh, hear hi. you all. You all look fabulous and you sound like we are going to have a show today. Did you know that I was a mocha mom? I heard. Did you all know that Sherry also is a mocha mom? Love it. They wouldn't let me in. We welcome all mamas, Kim, all mamas. And I'm I'm trying to tell Tisha she should renew her membership because you're never, your kids are never too old for you to be a mocha mom. Oh, I didn't know that. We have a network for moms whose children are out of the home now. Yeah. I thought Mocha Moms was for little kids. No. Well, first of all, correction and clarity, uh-huh. Mocha Moms is not for kids. Mocha Moms is specifically support for we mommies. And I want to say, right, there are all kinds of moms groups out there, right? But the uniqueness of Mocha Moms is the fact is we have to have conversations as black and brown moms that we they aren't having in white but, moms groups. That's right. Right? So particularly when we're dealing with mental health issues, uh, children with special needs, and we also have a national network for moms of children children with special needs, right? Like uh, Tisha and I were talking earlier how that is an added layer to the already the burdens and the issues that we have to deal with when rearing um, children of color. 
Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, this is uh, good news to me because I did not know any of that. Uh, so you need to join, Kim, and you I, need to renew, Keisha. I'm just <laughs> I will. You know what? I'm writing that down right now. I did not know. That's what this is for. Uh, Two Funny Mamas uh, bringing information uh, to everybody. But let's go ahead and we're going to get this whole mom conversation really started. Uh, I asked, is there a doctor in the house? Because we're going to bring in the doctors and a doctor in the house. Of course, there is. Uh, you know what? We have an awesome doctor uh, to help us discuss this topic and provide helpful information uh, for moms across uh the country here. Let's welcome Dr. Alfie Breland Noble, internationally recognized psychologist, author, mental health correspondent, and founder of the Akome Project. Please welcome to Two Funny Mamas, Dr. Alfie. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Truly, it's an honor to be here. You all, you Kim and you Tisha, Ms. Whitley and Ms. Campbell, y'all are just icons in our community and it is just truly, it truly is a joy to be here with you and uh, to Danae uh, Mocha Moms I've heard about Mocha Moms when I was pregnant with my first a million like a million years ago it feels like now and I am glad for the correction because I thought Mocha Moms was for uh stay at home younger kids yeah way, way back. that's what I thought no. it was that's what was my introduction to Mocha Moms I didn't realize so I'm glad for the education and I'm also really happy to be about all the ways in which you ladies already do um, and in which all of us, how important it is through this campaign, SoundItOutTogether.org, to always be in conversation with our children about their mental health. Because that is just, mm -hmm. you know, even when there's nothing wrong, there's something that we need to have the conversation. So I just am really appreciative to hear Tisha talk about um, therapy, not the part about therapy being weaponized, but to talk about how she's done it herself. It's just so important for us to normalize these conversations. So it's a joy to be here with you all, with Mocha Moms, and in support of Sound It Out Together, which I've been an advisor on since like very early when they started. So thank you for, for having me. Well, no, thank you for being here. And just right now to all our our listeners and our viewer uh, viewers that sounded out. Is there a place where they can go um, that they can click on maybe a website or anything that you want to add? So I won't forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So soundedouttogether.org is the website. And just like you said at the opening, Kim, it is when you can't find the words, you can find the lyrics. One of my favorite videos on that website is Howie in the How, because he looks like my son. And oh my God, it just every time I see it, I just want to cry. And so there's conversation guides for parents and caregivers. There are also conversation starter packs, so like little games that you can play with your young people. So if you don't know the words to open conversations about emotional well being, you can go to sounditouttogether.org and find oh, it. And what? you can also find them on socials at Sound It Out. Sound It Out. This is a problem because I, I was supposed to give Tisha. The sounded out uh, conversation starter pack, and I left it in my suitcase. Stop judging me! Out, so this was a little, little card game because I didn't want to give you anything I hadn't tried yet. Okay, but I feel you. Really, um, it was fantastic. I did it with Joshua uh, last night, and uh, these are the the they had these questions, and I asked him. I, it was like this. Uh, who are you closest uh, friends or family members? And what do you like about spending time with them? And what happens with Joshua, sometimes he shuts down or doesn't want to answer it. And I love that these, these cards come with, the deck also has uh, 
you know, things that you can like mad. And then because since my vocabulary is not great, it says mad, cranky, challenged, annoyed, or frustrated. So these, this was a good little uh, kit and a bunch of questions to get your, your kids to start talking because they had questions here. I hadn't even asked Joshua and I was like, oh, and he looked at me. I was like, it's part of the card game. And he pulled out, they have the nerve to have a skip card. I was like, oh, how'd you find that? He skipped the question. <laughs> oh, I want one of those. I, I want the game. Is it we need to share with the mocha moms. Yeah, is it is it something that you can do with older children? Because my I have one twenty two year old, be twenty two, and one thirteen year old. I would oh, say yes. Some... Mm -hmm. I would say yes because my kids are eighteen and sixteen, and so I'm a little bit younger than twenty two. But I feel like like absolutely focused on our young people. But I think these are questions that you can pretty much you can ask other adults. You know, what I mean, your son is an adult, but you can ask adults these questions because yeah. it's just really a way to get them into the practice of opening up those lines of communication with, you know, with you. I love mom. that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. that. That sounds amazing. Is that how we start or is there another way to start the conversation? Like, is there a certain time like after school or bedtime that we start having the conversations with our kids? Honestly, it, I, for me, I think it's anytime you urge to have that conversation. We used to have those conversations when our kids were little and I had a long commute. We would do stuff like not these because we didn't have those then, but we would have those conversations in the car. And I think for me, really, it's just the idea that your kids know they can talk to you about anything. Like, think about that person that each of us has in our lives where we know we can call them anytime, day or night. Right. You know what I mean? And we can literally say anything to them and they're not going to judge. They're just going to listen. You know what I mean? For kids. It doesn't, you could be sitting, having breakfast. You could be going to church. You could be, I don't know, going to your mocha mom's meeting, um, dropping them off any time of day, I think is important because it's That's just- That's really cool. Them, yeah, just converse. It's just teaching them to talk. So I think, you know, if you can't get your hands on the physical version, you can go to soundedoutogether.org where the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures have put an electronic version. So you can pull this from the website. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Also, so if they're on their iPad, we can just like, oh, let's do this. Yes, Oh, because, oh yeah, I'm gonna lose these cards. Absolutely. <laughs> You got it. You got it. And I, I mean, I'll just add one other quick thing. I think part of what it also is teaching our children is that we think about us as black people. We as black mamas are comfortable having conversations about emotional well-being. I'm Gen X, right? And I know we're all about the same age. So when I was growing up, these not conversations that we had. Do you know what I mean? It was not cool to talk about this stuff. So that you're teaching them just by going to them and saying, let's play this game, baby. You're teaching them that you're comfortable having these conversations and what I love that. I yeah. Yeah. got to, I got to get the whole thing. I'm going, I didn't know it was also on the, you know, it was, uh, I'm just uh, transitioning. I was talking to Tisha in the beginning and she was talking about her oldest and how do you know, like when it's, uh, well, Tisha, you can answer, uh, ask, you can ask about the professional. When do you know if it's time to seek uh, professional, and, and this is a, 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 a teacher, anything you want to ask, please jump in. And of course, no, I think it's, I think, I think as early as, as the, as you like, for me, family counseling is so important. Like doing mm -hmm. like family therapy together where you guys keep the lines of communication open. Like it's like my youngest, 
he has ADD diagnosed. And so sending him in that room, usually by himself, it takes a while to get for the therapist to get him focused. Whereas when I'm in there, she's like, I like it when you're in here together because he focuses a little bit more. I, I could see when he goes off track or when, you know what I mean? So, so it, it depends. Like, I think as early as you can start having amazing communication with your kids, the better. Well, well also then uh, I would ask Dr. Doc, uh, Denier, I don't know who really this would go to. The thing that scares me is, are there signs that are, you know, do you, are there signs that maybe I need to talk to my kid because sometimes we're, we're busy. So I'm just wondering, is something we should be looking for? And Yadis, mm, that's a great that question. One. Well, I think that the reality is we as black moms of black kids are always talking to our children anyway. Right. I mean, because we have to protect them and there are, I think, hard conversations that we have to have with them anyway. And that reality is we are having with them um, because we have to protect them and prepare them for the world that they are in um, from a really very early age. So, for instance, we know that by the time black boys reach the age of nine years old, the world already sees them as a threat. Mm. Right. So. In our household, they're still our cute little babies. Messy, stinky, but cute, right? Yes. Um, and we know that I think that as early as five, for our girls, the world is already sexualizing them, right? Wow. Assigning them, assigning them black girl tropes, right? That are not separate from the, the pathological sexualization that comes with being black women. So um, we're always having the conversations with our kids. My question for the doctor is, um, and the concern that I have is, yes, we have to have these hard conversations with them to protect them. And at the same time that I'm telling my son, who is also 13 years old and in middle school, Tisha, and I'm not sure that he's going to 14 every day. I'm just not sure. Wow. Um, but while, you know, we are preparing them and protecting them with these very hard conversations that yeah. other moms don't have to have, we also have to be giving them the tools to be strong and confident and proud and have pride in themselves and who they are yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, and their own agency. And I feel like I worry that sometimes those two things are bumping up against one another, particularly in this post-COVID world where, let's face it, everybody is bananas right now. Um, and we're in Florida, so there's that. So I worry about all of the added mental health burdens um, that that's giving to our children. Yeah, I think, um, you know, no, go ahead, Tisha, yeah. please. No, 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 no. I wanted to piggyback off of what she said because we have to mother our kids in a different way. Like she said, like just recently, well, it was a, it was a year ago, um, we were in a store and I didn't even notice it because I'm so, sadly, I'm so used to this happening, but somebody was following us around the store. And my son mm -hmm. turns to me, he goes, mom, that woman is following us. 
And I turned and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't had this conversation with you. Cause she automatically thought we were going to steal something. Oh yeah. He, me and my son. And so I, I didn't have that. Like, like we have to have these conversations or with my oldest who is um, driving now, you have to actually teach him how to be pulled over by cops. So he could do his best to deescalate things. And we have a whole, it's, it's, it's one of the saddest things because when I first, somebody sent my son, a family member sent my son out into the streets to go to the store, didn't talk to him about gangs, didn't talk to him about police officers. And so when he, I was a nervous wreck. So when he finally got back, I was like, did you get stopped or did anybody stop? No, I was like, what would you do if you were stopped by a cop? And he goes, oh, well, and he puts his hand behind his back. And I was like, no, you don't put your hands behind your back. Like I had to have that conversation with him too of how to be stopped by a cop. These are things that we, we as, as mocha moms, as, as black moms have to have that most other people don't have to have. So, yes. so, like, I'm piggybacking off of what she said, but please answer that question for us. Yes, <laughs> and it's also distressing. So I think a couple things I'll try to say it real succinctly. <laughs> it's just, it's upsetting to me to even have the conversation because I know how real it is. I have a visceral reaction to thinking about that, having a 16-year-old son. Um, and just, I'm a wreck every time he leaves the house with his friends because not all yep. of his friends are African-American. And I'm like, they're all, most of them are Latino. So, and some of them are Black Latino. So I'm just like... It scares the living daylights out of me. But I think one is we have to be, I want us as moms and caregivers, right? Because not everybody who mothers a child, especially in our community, is their biological mother. It could be an auntie, right. it could be a grandma, you know, it could be lots of people. So yeah. we have to take care of ourselves. So I feel like mm -hmm. hearing Tisha say she goes to therapy for herself, that's so important. Not everybody wants therapy, not everybody needs therapy, but taking care of ourselves first, because if we take care of ourselves, then I can get directly to the answer that all of you have, have asked about, then you're in a better position to see when something is going on with your child, right? And so what I always talk about is knowing your child's baseline. What does your child look like? If you think about a two week period, how does your child behave on average across okay. a two week period? Are there ups and downs? Are there highs? Is that child pretty steady in terms of their demeanor and behavior? And then what you're looking for is variations from that. So it's going to look different for every child. For example, my 18-year-old, she is a very even-keeled kid, and she's generally pretty up and happy. Not like hysterical, but she's pretty up and happy. So when I see her over a two or three-day period and she kind of down, I know something's up. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's some sadness. I don't know what if it's worry, stress. I don't know what it, but I know something's different. So I think though that's one of the key things we can do is pay attention to how our child is on in a general way. <coughs> And then we're looking for variations from that. Then if you want to get real technical, if you're looking for things like, you know, we did some research at the ACOMA project um, where we looked at 3,000 kids of color. Our whole study sample was kids of color. Um, and we found that over 50% of all of the kids we surveyed experienced moderate to severe depression in the prior two weeks to when we talked to them, right? Moderate to severe. That's a lot of kids struggling with this stuff coming out of COVID. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is we wanna be mindful of how do you recognize depression and or anxiety? There's a lot of similarity, but let's talk about depression real quick. Changes in eating habits, right? They're eating a lot more, a lot less. Changing in sleeping habits, a lot more, a lot less. Or are they sleeping mm -hmm. all day and staying up all night, right? Um, are they irritable? That's a biggie. With our kids, you're not going to see necessarily sadness. You might see irritability. Everything gets on their last nerve, right? Everything, right? Oh. You're looking at things like that. Are they talking about death a lot? 
So that's depression. Those are some things you want to look for. For anxiety, are they always wound up, right? Are they always worried about something? Garden variety worry ward. Are they always coming to you for reassurance? Like, did I do this right? Right? Did I do like checking in all the time? Um, those are the kinds of things you want to be looking at for anxiety. Do they seem like agitated all the time? So if you see those kinds of symptoms, that's more specific. But to be, you know, in direct response, more general is, do you see behavior that looks vastly different from what you normally see in your child? And the biggie for our kids, black children in particular, is irritability. Because irritability, think about it, the way they have to show up in the world. Irritability is more acceptable than sadness. Because when you sad, you look weak. People are gonna pick on you, right? You, you look pitiful. But if you're irritable, you push people away, which is what a depressed young person would want. Get away from me, I don't wanna be bothered, I wanna isolate myself. So that's how I would answer that question. Wow, wow, that, that, was, that was some good uh, information there. I, um, I guess right on that, uh, I have uh, one of our two funny mamas, uh, of course, followers, uh, it's called, uh, at Mommy in Color um, uh, TV uh, uh, writes, she says, I have a teenager, she's uh, 15 years old, and her grandmother passed two years ago in her bed. Uh, she's uh, seen a school guidance counselor and a therapist outside of school. She still wakes up with bad dreams and I don't know what to do. Is there anything else I can try to help her? She's fine in all other areas, but this one is a struggle. Mm. Is there anything else we can help uh, Mommy and Color TV? I'm really sorry that, that, I'm so sorry that Mommy and Color TV is experiencing this with her young one. I would say a couple things. One is I wouldn't necessarily be quick to say she's fine everywhere. Um, she's awesome. given the image, right? She's able to function well. I don't mm. necessarily know that that always means she's, do you know what I mean? Like, so it's like everywhere except this, because the our emotions are not really compartmentalized in that way when we're young. Right. Right. It's hard to do that compartmentalization. I think this is the place that is manifesting the most. I think what the young person might be experiencing is a lot of grief, right? Unresolved grief. We might call it complicated grief. And I think if we, you know, the mom's doing the right thing, trying to figure out how to help her. I think the best bet is to start with that uh, mental health provider. So if the therapist, if the child and check in with the child, ask the young person, do you feel like this therapist is helping you? Because people have to know, and I'm sure uh -huh. Tisha can speak to this. If the therapist doesn't work, you have a right to find a new therapist, right? If a they run their amen, course, amen, <laughs> amen. I've done that a couple of times. Have you? You got the goal. Yes. You're not helping my kid. Peace. I have fired many a therapist because they weren't helping my son. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. I, that is the truth. You have the right. If they see to me, here we go. To me, talk <laughs> therapy, I get hyped. Talk therapy is cool, but they need tools to yes. get through life. Talking yes. is fine, but I need a person who is going to help them. And see, I don't ask no questions. The only time the therapist can say anything to the parent is if their child is in danger or, you know, something like that. So they can't oh. say anything. So when, yes, so when my son goes in there, I don't know what's said. He could be talking about me like a dog, but I don't <laughs> care. He needs to get it out. He needs to vent. And that is his time. Yes. Oh, the only time that she will come to me is when she or he 
can't, you know, get anything out of them. So because it's just, listen, it's important to know yes. you have to advocate for your child. And if they're not getting anything out of it, if they're still in that place, yes. then you might need to find a new person. Amen. Amen. I, and you have a duty you know? to advocate. You have a duty. Right. So I think some of the ways that you know, just what Tisha said, if you're not seeing any changes uh, in behavior, and it's not like you go one week and then the child the child is like right. magically better. You got to give it right. time. So I always tell people, you got to give it at least four or five visits. And if you're seeing nothing after four or five visits, then I think it's time to start oh. thinking about, do we need something different? But you always start with, I think, checking in with that child because you might feel like you're not seeing anything, but that child may be like, no, this is real helpful. I like going to talk to them. And they gave me this advice and they helped me do this, that, and the third. Yeah. Part of it is checking in. Part you of have to check in with your kid. You have to, you have to. And you have- I Oh, dang, I should have done that a long time ago then. Cause Joshua was like, no, I don't like them. I was like, oh, you just don't want to go. <laughs> but I also think so, it's asking why. You got to dig in a little bit. Why don't you like it? Because sometimes kids don't like it because I'm going back to what Tisha said earlier. If therapy, talk therapy has been weaponized, then they might not like it because they, their stigma, their shame. I don't want to be going to this person because my friends don't have to go to this person. Little do they know their friends are going, they just ain't telling them. You know what I mean? And so right. you want to start with the child. You want to dig in a little bit into why doesn't it feel like it's helping you. But at the end of the day, I'm 100% in agreement with Tisha. If you don't see change, you, you've got to have something better. And you have a right to go to a mental health professional. I'm licensed mm -hmm. in two states in the District of Columbia. So I say this as a licensed professional who has treated people in the past. You have a right to go to that provider. I know Tisha can speak to this too. And ask, what are you seeing in my child? Without divulging their confidence, are you seeing progress? I need a check-in. Tell me how things are going. What kind of tools have you given my child? I'm just echoing Tisha. Have you given my child to help them, as in this woman's case, cope with not being able to get through the night sleeping? Do we need to see a sleep specialist, right? So that therapist is supposed Babe. to be a gateway to other services that you might need for your child. And that one person might not have everything you need. So you might need what they call and what kind of services. And you give me as the parent to help them. Yes. I wish I'd have known this five years ago. I didn't know nothing, now I'm mad. All the no. money I spent, I ain't got no tools. Joshua ain't got no tools. <laughs> We were just talk about this. He be angry. I be like, use your tools. He be looking at me like, what tools? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm at the. Now you talk about it. Yeah, I do have a question though. It is so for those of us whose children are not in therapy yet, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes we parents give them plenty of reasons to need therapy. That's just real. Um, I wonder how do we find. A therapist. So also the thing that we don't talk about in our communities a lot is the lack of trust we have for those outside of the community. And that's Ooh. real. Like we have all the reasons to not have trust, right? But I know that yes, my growing up in a predominantly white world. Yep. Right? With and that's true. I know I hear a lot of mocha moms say the very same thing. And so looking for a therapist that has some cultural competency. Right, who's not going to say you're imagining that you're being mistreated. That's right. right. I'm going to let Tisha start because Tisha has the lived experience from looking for somebody. So Tisha, if you, I'm. Listen, I just found an African-American male for my kids. <laughs> Can you pass and it to I, me, 
I will. Um, mm -hmm. I am so excited about this person mm -hmm. because they also specialize in trauma, mm. which I think was really important. Um, and it took a long time. Like I was on the internet, you know, I don't even mind Zoom or, you know, uh, right. what did they call it? Zoom, do they call it Zoom with a therapist? Therapy. Or just, yeah, you know, yeah. virtual, yeah. virtual, yeah. virtual. Yeah. virtual therapy. I don't yeah. mind the virtual um, therapy sessions for my kids. It's actually probably better for them at times, but it just, it takes a lot of digging. It takes a lot of digging. And when I came across this man, I was so happy. As a matter of fact, one of the one of the biggest problems I think that I've had out of convenience, I was seeing the same therapist as my kids. Please do not do that. No. Because yeah, it just keep it separate. Oh, that's interesting. You, you, I love that. I, so, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You were saying? No, no, so you're I'm fine. Gonna so I'm going to go to I'm going to go Yeah, I want to blow your mind and give you some resources. I'm just going to name them. Therapy for black men. Black men. Oh, shut up. Wait, hold on. Stop. <laughs> are you really, are you going to write this down? We can just rerun the tape. Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So those are I don't know places. how this works. Start again. So, start know, again. Yes, ma'am. Therapy for black therapy men. Black men heal. Black men okay. heal. Uh, therapy for black girls. Um, let me tell you uh, two things. So, Boris Lawrence Henson, you know, that's Taraji's nonprofit. They have a whole database and a therapy program. My nonprofit, Acoma Project, we have, for people who are brand new to therapy, so directly to your question, uh, Danae, we have a program uh, that you can get five free sessions of virtual therapy. If you're new to therapy and you're of most of the people who come to us are Black people and between the ages of 12 and 30, we connect you with a culturally competent, culturally responsive therapist, and we step out of the way and let you work with that therapist. So we have, we've served people in at this point, probably 46 of the 50 states. Um, so anyway, those are some resources. There's something called uh, and mental health, melanated therapists. All of these are databases. Uh, they have databases where you can find black mental health providers specifically. And then to this issue of cultural competence, people have to understand cultural competence is not, you know, every single thing there is to know about every single cultural group. Cultural competence right. means that you are open to and exposed to and willing to go do some homework if you encounter somebody who comes from a cultural group that's, that is different from yours. Um, so those right. are some resources and that's, those are the places I would encourage people to start. I um, love it. I wish Chris could run a, a thing with all of the websites and the information. <laughs> he can so on the playback. He can. On the playback, people go out to ride, but they can go to what? Uh, the Acoma? Uh, uh, yeah, Acoma Project. AcomaProject.org yeah. to find us. We're easy. A-A-K-O-M-A Project, all one word, dot org. They can come to us. But there's so many other places. Let me say one the more. Sounded out. Sounded out. That's right. Sounded out has a lot of these organizations linked on their resource page. How could I forget that? Right. And if you have yeah. Latino, Latine families, there's something called Latinx therapy. She got a huge oh, database. What? Yes. Yeah. This Latinx is therapy. fantastic. Is there any 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 website? That's to I will fire somebody in a minute. So. <laughs> 
So this is great. This is great. I'm writing it all down. No, I'm, tr I'm trying to write it down. But, but look, y'all okay, have my contact information, my, my so behind the scenes, you can find me. So always, I'm, I'm, happy I'm just, I'm just calling her for therapy. I was going to say, um, Kim, because I heard your question. Um, well, you know, we certainly have Mocha moms who are therapists, and that is not their role within the organization. But I will say, um, while clearly, as you said earlier, I'm calling you Dr. Alfie because that's my my love name for you. <laughs> um, that you, you know, you said some people don't want therapy or I think formalized, like a formal therapy um, mm. relationship, even though I'm not sure that I'm willing to go so far as to say that not everybody needs it. Cause I kind of think like we all need therapy, but, um, I, but the self-care piece, and, and I think that that is the value of an organization like Mocha Moms, right? We are a culture now that is just more transient and mobile. And I mean, yes. I for once had kids have moved three times. Um, and so there's always a community of moms that I need who look like me, who are trying to raise our children with similar uh, experiences and similar concerns and worries. And I know that the time that I spend with my mocha moms, whether or not they're local or we're doing some kind of national um, thing together, like the board and I were just at Sherry's show last week. Oh, and nice. sometimes that is the most healing and therapeutic time that I can get without having to actually go to a therapist or if I'm in between therapists, right? Um, and so I, I do think that formal therapy is incredibly important and I just don't want us to underestimate, right? The built-in value that we bring to each other as sister friends. I love that. Amen. I Okay. Well, no, that is fantastic. I want to ask this before, you know, we run out of time, which is very uh, important. This is to uh, Dr. Alfie and of course to uh, Denye that for me and, and Tisha, and I say for Sherry, uh, we have a question that is from uh, one of our, uh, our listeners, viewers, Lady in the Room, uh, at Lady in the Room, as she said, what is the importance of balancing work and raising children? It is so easy to miss out on our children's lives when we are so focused on work. Now, I know for me, I travel constantly. I run home and then I see Joshua for a day and then I'm back out. So uh, from one of our listeners and, and really from uh, probably a lot of people, how, what is the importance of balancing work and raising our children so we don't miss out on their life? I'll Whoever just say quickly. Oh, I'll just, okay. I'll just, I'll real quick. One of the things I think is important for us as black women specifically to recognize is there's so much burden placed on us to carry so much weight uh, in support of our families financially, emotionally, and otherwise, right? So mm -hmm. I think we have to acknowledge that. I think we also have to acknowledge the reality. Denier's talked about it quite a bit on uh, this discussion of what we face from the outside world. Tisha's talked about it too, right? <clears throat> so I hope that what we as black moms will do is recognize all these pressures and recognize that really the, the first person we have to show up for is ourselves. Because if we don't Thank show up for ourselves first, we cannot be present for other people in our family. So that work-life balance, I was just talking about that with my, uh, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say it, with my makeup artist before we came on. We were talking about how do you do that? And if we don't start by taking care of ourselves, 
right? And doing what we need to pour into ourselves. If you, if you can afford it and you can have somebody come help you clean the house, pay for somebody to come help you clean the house. You know what I mean? If, if your job requires you and you love your job and you have to travel, create the structure that works for you and your family. And don't feel like you have a responsibility for that balance to look like what everybody else's balance looks like. And then finally, to me, the most important thing being a recovering academic, spent 20 years in academia, and it was nothing nice. It was a nightmare. But it is this idea, we don't have to be perfect for all these other folks out here to demonstrate our worth. I think often we as Black women get caught up in this cycle of, I got to look nice, smell nice, talk right, do all these things well to be received well in my profession. And I think that puts us, a lot of us, into a trap. And so if we can let go of some of that, and I'm going to quote my makeup artist, learning how to be present. That I think can be a real key to finding balance. Be here in the moment. So, you know, Kim, when you have to run off and go do your show, your hit show on bounce and all these other things, when you're home with your child, you're right there with your child and just be present then. And then you have to go off and, you know, do you to take care of your family. So I think taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first, right? Iyanla uh, Van said, it's not being selfish, it's being self we have to be full with ourselves first before we take care of anybody else. Right. And any number of uh, Black women activists, famous and unfamous, right, have told us that our self-care as Black women is actually revolutionary. Right. Mm. We are like this, this country, this culture, this society is not designed for us to take care of ourselves. In fact, by design, we are here specifically to take care of everybody else. And everybody else does not include our husbands and our children and the rest of our families. That right? is fact. So it is actually revolutionary. Our contribution to the struggle of black people who came before us and who are coming after us to take care of ourselves. Like that is a revolutionary act. Now, um, I am a diversity and equity and inclusion consultant professionally, which effectively means that I spend every day, all day talking to white people about race primarily. Like that's just the reality of the work that we do. So I can often be emotionally, emotionally depleted by the end of the day because I'm holding the feelings of, you know, all these other people. To Dr. Alfie's point, if I am not really intentional about taking care of myself, I go into these meetings and workshops, one, without hope. And there's no point in me doing the work that I do if I can't have hope that mm. the little bit that I'm contributing is going to affect change. I certainly can't hold other people's feelings. And I can't be strong enough to let go of other people's feelings when it's time for when my kids are coming. My priority oh. is to be most present even if it's not every day, even if it's not all day, every day, most present for my babies when they are with me. And I can't wow. do that if I'm taking care of myself. I think that's the key. Like as a mom, I never, ever went, I, I, I tried my best not to take jobs outside of where my kids were at home, which wasn't the greatest move for my career like right. especially when when people travel and do movies outside of california but i knew at that time i was trying to be i had that pressure of being the the best mother and wife that i could possibly be and i always put myself last and that that um now the way that i balance it is like she said i am present when i am present i have to go out 
I'm a single mom now and I have to work. But yes. when I'm present, I'm I'm taking him to go feed the ducks. I'm going on hikes. We are cooking together. We are present when we are present and he feels my love and I do everything that I can to to show my kids that how much I am invested in them and engaging with them. So, um, but I was that one who the glad I, I my well was dry. Mm-hmm. My well was completely dry. Why and you, how can you give how can you give to somebody if your own well is dry? Absolutely you cannot you cannot, and I want to uh, wrap this up with what you're what you're saying. I want to give each one of you a, a a moment to give some advice to mothers out there, or fathers out there, really uh, parents out there that can inspire them. Uh, because this is not enough time to talk about this subject. But if we can all just give something, a little nugget of inspiration, I will start. Uh, Mine's quick, so you all can gather your thoughts. Um, But my inspiration um, comes from Oprah Winfrey. Uh, She told me when Joshua was very small, she said, Kim, (coughs) what that you have to do is make sure when Joshua comes in the room that your eyes light up. And I didn't understand what she meant by that. She said, put that phone down. She said, and when your child comes in the room, they need to see that you light up and you make eye contact with them. And and that's what I I have tried to do. I'm not very good at it, but I I try to live by that that rule. Uh, Tisha or or Danielle. I'll I'll go. Self-care is so important. Um, you have to take care of yourself. You cannot deplete your own well. And engage, engage, engage with your children. Check in with your children. That's really important. You will never know what they might be going through in school, outside of school, with friends, with family. You know, I'm always asking questions. I might get on their nerves, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to stay engaged with my kids and they know this about me so engage and take care of self great great did yay you wanna sure um yeah i would say can you say something that like you don't do it perfectly and i would say to any parent out there um you don't have to be perfect you just have to be present right and Let's not abandon what our ancestors and our culture has taught us. And that is that we should not and cannot do it alone. That doesn't mean you have to have a husband at home or a partner at home at all, but it does mean that we need community and teaching our children to build community is to is teaching them to build a home wherever they wherever are. They are. That is an invaluable tool. Ah, I love that. Nice. I, love that. I love that. I love that. Dr. Alfie. Yes, yes. 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 So, so once again, thank you so much for having me. It's truly been an honor. I have learned so much from each of you. And I will say two caveats before I say this thing. The first caveat is the universe is good even when the people don't act right. Right? The universe right. itself is good mm-hmm. even when the folks don't act right. And each of us has a light in us. And so what I always say to people is I hope that you will always proudly and easily share your light with everyone you encounter, knowing the goodness of the universe in every moment. 
Yeah, that was good. Well, you girls, I'm telling you, ladies have been fantastic. Um, I, I wish this was longer. I hope that our listening and viewing artists, audience learned something. Uh, Sherry, you missed it. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Teach Campbell. Thank you so much, my good friend. I love you. I love you. Love you. Thank you for taking the time. This was very important. Uh, Dr. Alfie, thank you uh, so much for uh uh, being here with us, uh, Denye, uh, Mocha Moms, thank you so much. Thank and of course, uh, we just appreciate you all with uh, your your thoughts. Um, you know, uh, I, I just hope that we can continue the conversation. I hope that everyone can go to the websites. And, and if you have uh, more questions, of course, you can send it to us. But use all the resources that we have given uh, to you. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. And a special, of course, thank you to Sounded Out Partners, Pivotal Ventures, the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, the Ad Council, as well as Dr. Alfie with Akome Project and Mocha Moms Inc. Of course, and yay, appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to check it. Uh, check out SoundedOutTogether.org, especially with all that information we gave you, and AdoptionSupport.org. Of course, I am an adopted mom. Um, for more information and resources, please go to all of these sites. We'll also have a quick survey in the description box to help us have more conversations like this in the future. Uh, we have a QR code and uh, a mini survey, of course. And I just want to say thank you so much, ladies, for making this uh, an exciting and interesting, fun uh, two funny mamas. I thank uh, each and every one of you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, audience, for being with us today. We miss you, Sherry. <laughs> miss you, Sherry. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. 
with a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.